Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. So, this podcast, we are going to dive into this question, which is a question that I'm asking because I think there's a lot of laziness in the world in general. I would say that every every single one of us is fighting a perpetual battle against our natural propensity to be lazy. Everyone. Even people who seem like they're obsessed with productivity and stuff, such as myself, it's still a constant, don't, don't be fooled by like, oh, he's recording an EP, has a full-time day job, puts out a blog and a podcast every week and is doing a web app on the side and is doing all the, like, don't be fooled by that. Like, it's still a constant fight against the desire to like, watch five more episodes of The Office or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You know what I mean? Like, so that's part of the reason why I'm asking this question. But more specifically, there are certain areas that I think people who want to get into songwriting want to be lazy about. And and one of the most common ones is what we're going to talk about today. So the question is, does chord progression matter? So... I ask this question because I think a lot of people seem to write like it doesn't matter because their attitude is, I don't need to learn music theory. I can just pick some chords that sound good together and then find a melody over it and I have a lyric and that's it, which in my mind is being lazy in all three categories because all three deserve more attention than that. But specifically, we're tackling the laziness about chord progression because I think there's this misconception out there that melody matters and lyrics matter. It actually is depressing how many people seem to not think lyrics matter when it's like, really? That's literally what the song's talking about. But, um, but I think most of us know that lyrics matter. But it seems like a lot of people seem to think chord progression doesn't matter. Like, as long as it sounds good and fits with the melody, that's it. And in a sense, that's true, right? Like, you can have a fine-sounding song with a chord progression that was simply chosen in order to, like, it fits with the melody, You say to yourself, I'm singing an E, so I will have a C chord or an E chord because both are C, specifically C major chord, E major chord, because the note E is in an E major chord and it's also in a C major chord and it's in a bunch of other chords, but we won't go through all that. And some other time we'll talk about um, how to 
think through melody versus chord progression and mashing it up and how all of that works, but that's uh, not what we're tackling here. Here, we're asking the question, does this chord progression even matter? And my answer, as is already obvious, I would hope, is that of course it matters. Because at the end of the day, a song is exactly three things. It's lyrics, melody, and chords. Really, that, that's all there really is to it. Like, if, if you copyright a song, what is truly copyrighted, really, is lyrics, melody, and chords. I mean, you could argue maybe a riff is, or a certain bass line, and that sort of thing, sure. But at the end of the day, the true heart of your song is three things. Lyrics, melody, and chords. All that other stuff, the cool guitar lick, the whatever you play with your piano part, the type of guitars you choose, whether you go power chords or open chords, what key it's in, all of that is just stylistic choice and can change from one version of the song to another. But what is true to your song is lyrics, melody, and chords. So chord progressions or chords, are literally a third of a song, assuming them to all be split equally. So, you didn't just not take a third of the tests in school, right? How would that turn out? Or you don't only show up to two-thirds of workdays and the other third call off sick, right? Because you run out of sick days pretty fast. So, why would you then skip out on chord progressions. That's a third of what makes up your song. Now, if this is all new to you, I will preface this with you can make a chord progression work just based off of what sounds good. So, it is not necessary to go the extra mile. There are plenty of songs out there that are successful, we'll call them. I wouldn't necessarily call them good, but they're successful. Looking at you, pop radio, that clearly have a chord progression that is just there because it's a chord progression that sounds pleasant and is an easy go-to and it works with the lyrics. So there it is. And that can work. And... If you're just starting out and you want to stick with that concept, uh, pretty much any progression involving the one, four, five, and six chords will sound good. It's pretty hard to make anything sound wonky with those. Even if, if you go six, one, four, five, six, one, four, like no matter what order you do those in, uh, for the most part, it's, it's, it, it will sound decent. But... Why would we stay with the same old mainstays, which for the most part are chord progressions involving those four chords, when you can do something that's so much more awesome, when you can do something more interesting, when you can do something that can really bring the emotion and bring just the sound of your song, the soundscape of your song to a new level? Why, why would you just go halfway. It's kind of like the last podcast where we talked about, you know, 
going all the way through writing a song and then being lazy about the last 30 minutes of it. In this case, it's being lazy about the last third of it. So it's all about flow. It's, it's in, it's in, it's in the words. It's called chord progression, right? So what's most important here is in the name progression and progression, according to Google, is defined as the process of developing or moving gradually towards a more advanced state. So it's movement. It's all about developing and moving. So what does this tell you? This tells you that chords really aren't important on their own. They need to be mashed intentionally with a melody, yes. But besides that, the movement from one chord to another is what gives each chord its character. So for example, let's take a G major chord and a C major chord. Which one's more strong? Which one sounds better? Do you know? The answer is, it depends. It depends on what? On the key of the song. In other words, it depends on the chord's context within the flow, because it's all about that flow and all about that context. In the key of G major, a G major chord would be the most powerful, resolved-sounding chord, because it's the one chord, whereas C major wouldn't feel resolved. So I'm going to play a little something on the keyboard to sort of show you what I'm talking about here. And I'm going to open with and close with G major. See how powerful that sounds? But then if we go from that... That's a C major. What does that sound like? It doesn't sound resolved, right? You want, you, you want that to go somewhere. It feels like it needs to change. So, again, we'll look at context. I'm going to move my mic a little bit, make this easier. So, let's, let's take a look at this again. I'm going to play something in the key of G. And then we're going to concentrate on what a G major chord sounds like and what a C major chord sounds like in the context of the key of G. I accidentally did an F natural instead of an F sharp at some point in there. But doesn't it sound nice and complete here? 
because that's our G, because context, key of G. But then what if we do a C chord? I bet right now you want it to resolve back. Oh yeah, there it is, resolution, right? It feels complete. Or when you go to this, maybe you kind of want it to go to that G, to that D chord. And then back down to the G. But if we change the context, where it's C major, that to go probably here and that's a C major chord so the chord that we just saw in the context of the key of G sounded like ooh, it needs to go back to G this time we were on the G and we wanted it to go back to that C because again context so context is really what matters and then for, for even more of an example, you think, okay, but major chords sound pleasant. And on their own, that's fairly true. So if we take a C major chord, that overall sounds more pleasant than a C minor chord. But it depends on context. Because if you're playing in a, say, uh, A minor, which is the same as C major, really, but... And then play an A major. It sounds weird. Right? Didn't that sound weird, like it didn't belong? Because really, it should have been... Because of the context. So context is really what matters here. And I'm going to move my mic back. So hopefully that, that little improvisation thing I did gives you an idea of how context is what matters. So similarly, I absolutely moved my mic back too soon. Because now we're going to look at how even different progressions using the same chords have a different character. So I think we've just proven, right, that like there, there really is no character of a chord on its own, or at least it's not particularly meaningful. Because mostly the tone, the feeling, the emotion of a chord is defined by what came before it 
and where it's going afterwards. It's the progression that matters. It's the change from one to another that really gives the feeling, not so much the chord on its own. Which is why when we were playing in the key of C major, and we played a G chord, it wanted to go, go back to that C major. And then in the key of G major, a C major didn't sound resolved and wanted to go back to that G major. And so similarly, if you take different versions of, or different combinations of three chords, even the same three chords, the character is going to be very different because it's all about flow. So I'm going to bring the mic back now. And this time, this time we're going to do real basic progressions. We'll pick the key of C to make it easy because I don't want to have to think about it. Well, actually, I could do it in lots of keys and not think about it. But um, I like to use key of C for examples. Uh, part of that is if you are, if you want to play around with the keyboard, which I think the keyboard um, and pianos translate best to music theory. That might be my bias. Being a, a pianist was my piano was my first instrument, um, but. Um, just the way you can, you can just see the notes and, you know, with, with a guitar, right, it's just frets and, but with a, a, a piano, you get, you get the, the keys and you see which ones are sharp and flat and you can sort of see all of that, which you don't get with a violin and a guitar and all of those kinds of things. Um, and I want it to be that even if you're not really a pianist, you can sort of practice what I'm doing. And in the key of C, it's all white keys, um, no sharps or flats. So... That will make it easier for you to play around with. So let's, we're going to work with the one, the four, and the five chord, which in the key of C is a C major, would be the one, right? Because we're in the key of C. And then a F major would be the four, right? Because if you count up from C, D, E, F would be four. And then G is the five. So let's look at the character of a chord progression that is one, four, five. So what did that progression feel like? It sort of felt like it was going up, right? Which is partially because that's true. That's exactly what I was doing. So we got the one. And with that G, that five chord, you should feel it wanting to go back to that one, which it does. But let's take the same chords and go in a different order. Let's go four, five, one, which is the F to the G and then down to the, the C. I'm 
and messing something up this easy, you know it's late at night. Because as per tradition, I am recording this at almost midnight on a work night. But, um, do you see how the character of that was distinctly different? Like, it's the same chords, but this... has a very different character than... has a very different character than 541 which would be this right so all of those have a very different character but it's the same chords and that's only taking the three most basic chords you have to work with the 1 the 4 and the 5 so when you add even more to that, when you're, especially when you're adding, you know, obviously the sixth chord as the most often used minor chord, um, but if you're adding the two and the three, so in the key of C, right, a D minor would be your two chord. You know, there's just so many opportunities. Um, to do different things, not even not even mentioning the fact that you don't have to do a straight C major, right? You can do a D major, add four, and then a, or a sus four, other things like that. Which, if you don't know what that is, uh, not a big deal. Probably going to have a podcast on that soon, um, so stay tuned. Be sure to subscribe if you have not, because there's all kinds of knowledge coming at you. And you know, if you're confused by anything I say. Uh, you, there's probably, if you look back at some of the old podcasts, there are some things that I probably covered that will enlighten you a little bit in, into what I'm talking about. I try to um, explain things in a way that uh, you could just jump in at any podcast and at least mostly track with us, but uh, some things, unfortunately, I kind of have to graze over, like when I'm using the numbers for chords. If, if you uh, have not heard that terminology before, hopefully I made it simple when I did the counting, like 1 and, a, and C would be a C, and then 4 would be an F. Um, so hopefully um, that was easy enough to follow along. So I try to do that, um, but I don't want every podcast to be like an hour and a half, me explaining the same things over and over. So uh, there has to be a line there. I try to tread it well. But anyway, subscribe. Be sure to check out some of the old podcasts, and be sure to stick around for some new stuff so that you can... Learn everything there is to uh, learn about this. So, I hope that this has given you a good idea of just how big a difference just changing a progression can make. It gives a totally different sound. It gives a totally different character. It tells a totally different story. And context is everything. So... Think about this for a second. How do you feel when five random characters are shot in the head in the action-heavy first few minutes of the action film, right? There's like a bunch of dudes that probably speak in a Russian accent, dressed in all black. At least one of them is bald and jacked, and they get shot in the head. They're probably bad guys, right? Or even if they're not, they're just random people kind of shot or 
you know, if it's if it's if it's Star Wars, a couple people get slain by somebody with a lightsaber, uh, maybe a red lightsaber, so maybe a, a Sith or some other dark side user like Kylo Ren. So how do you how do you feel when that happens? Think about it, right? Just five random people. You don't know who they are. The film doesn't seem to care about who they are because they kind of just graze over it. They're just making a point. Oh, this bad guy kills people. You should dislike this guy. Um, versus how do you feel when the bad guy is shot at the end of the film? Especially if he's one of those bad guys you just hate. Like Commodus in Gladiator, right? Like he's a great villain, but you hate him. You hate him so much. If you haven't seen Gladiator, watch it. So good. Um, or how do you feel when the good guy is shockingly shot in the head at the end of the film? Or at the end of the film, you find out one of those ra seemingly random people who are shot at the beginning of the film. One of those people was actually the best friend of the hero of the movie. movie. Everybody in that example was shot in the head. But yet all of them feel completely different, right? Because the context is what matters. And when you sit, think about it, it's, it's silly that we're just, we're just, you know, so sad that the hero got shot in the head. We might even be a little sad the villain was shot in the head because we thought the villain was cool. But the random innocent people who are shot at the beginning, we don't even care. We're like, oh, they're just fodder for the movie. And yes, it's just a movie. I understand that. But the point here is exactly that. Based on when what what's going on with the movie and the context, you feel completely different, even though the same thing was happening. And this is sort of the relationship between melody and chord progression. The melody has an emotion and tells a story, for sure, on its own. But the chord progression helps to inform that emotion through the story. It tells you whether you should feel that the story is unresolved or has taken a dark turn or that the song is, is sort of rising to somewhere else. So in your melody, if you hit a C, that doesn't really have that much of a feel on, a, on its own. If it's sung over an A minor chord in the key of C, it will sound very different than over an F major chord in the key of C. And that will sound very different than being sung over a C major chord. So... If you put all that together, you can see that you have two different emotional journeys you have to play with at once. The melody has its own emotion by its own melodic journey, by its own melodic progression, but it also has another layer of emotion based on the chord progression. And then another layer based on what note the melody is in context of the chord. So really, you have four different emotional tools with your melody and chords. You have the chord within the key, has a specific emotion, as we, we've covered here, right? Like C in the key of G sounds very different than, than G in the key of G. And then you swap them when it's the key of G, how key of C sounds. Um, a chord within a progression, which is very related, but we just showed that like the progression matters, right? Even using the same three chords can have a very different feel, uh, even though they're all major chords even. We didn't even get into minor chords. Um, which would really show that. But even with the major chords, there's a, there's, a, there's a clear difference in how it feels based on the progression. And then you have the melody note within the chord, 
which is something we didn't really cover here. Um, we're going to cover that in the future for sure, though. But what what note the melody is within the chord that's being played in the background certainly has a feel to it. And then the melody note within the melody progression, right? If you are singing all the way up to the C versus down to the C, or if you just did a, a major sixth up to get to the C or a major sixth down to get to the C, like all of those will sound very different and have a very different emotional feel. And that singing the C is not in and of itself it doesn't really have an emotion. It's where it came from and where it will go after that. So notice how all of these things, right, are entirely context-driven. The chord within the key, the chord within the progression, the melody note within the chord, the melody note within the melody progression. All of it involves the word within. So does chord progression matter? Yes, it absolutely matters. The chord progression is your context. Chord progression helps to inform the listener of all the emotional cues of the song. The chord progression has movement, and it moves that emotional journey forward. It moves that emotional story forward, which is really what your song is. It's an emotional story. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.